Hi, and welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast. My name is Isabel Ross, and I'm the coach at Peak Endurance Coaching. Episode 57 is an interview with Buzz Burrell, one of the team who organises the Fastest Known Times website. I've uh, just taken his bio from this website, and it says, Buzz has helped popularise the term Fastest Known Time, starting when he set an FKT on the John Muir Trail in the year 2000, a year after his FKT on the Colorado Trail. He manages Ultimate Direction, a manufacturer of adventure and running packs, and was previously employed by La Sportiva. Buzz's proudest accomplishment is not having died yet. A fine accomplishment indeed. Um, So yes, so I chat with Buzz all about FKTs, which obviously are quite relevant given that at the moment there is not much racing going on. Do you have injuries or niggles ruining your enjoyment of running and hindering your performance? When you only have one hour to run, you want to make sure that it's enjoyable. That's if you're in Melbourne. If you're elsewhere and you have longer, lucky you. So you still, regardless, want to make sure that you are getting the most out of your time. Come in and see the specialists at Health and High Performance where they utilize, utilize sorry, the latest in technology and experience to help you achieve the results you want and are capable of. So head to healthhp.com.au forward slash run or go to Instagram where they're health high performance. Thank you so much for supporting my podcast. Rating, reviewing and sharing helps more people find the podcast and grows the audience, which all helps when I'm contacting people to be interviewed. You can also go to my YouTube channel to see the video recordings of this very podcast. Enjoy the interview with Buzz. Hi, Buzz, and welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast. Uh, good to talk with you, Isabel. So um, can you tell us a bit about yourself and um, your running background and how you got into recording FKTs? <laughs> That's a, some lengthy answers to those questions, but <laughs> I live in Boulder, Colorado. Oh. I've had uh, many jobs. The last job, which I recently retired from, was managing the brand Ultimate Direction. Of course, oh, they're okay. a well-known manufacturer of gear, reinvented yeah. hydration vests, and et cetera, et cetera. I've been to Australia to, div- to visit our distributors there and down under. We had distributors in 21 foreign countries. And in terms of FKTs, I've been basically doing this for 40 years before it was called that, before the yeah. term had really been invented. I've raced mountain trail, ultra road and track for that matter, um, in various sports for decades. But all along, I really liked what we call projects which is inventing your own route. So instead of someone saying, okay, show up at this date at this time at this place and do exactly this. I mean, it's literally do exactly this. And every five or 10 kilometers, someone's going to hand you water and food and you'll be on your way. And if you ever have any trouble, we'll pick you up and pull you off the course. We'll take good care of you. And, you know, after a while, you don't, kind of is limiting, right? It's like, eh, why do this? If you have a little bit of experience, if you got, other things on the ball, you create your own project, your own route, your own run. And that's what I've been doing a long time. And gradually this became to be known as the fastest known time because we don't really know. When we started doing this, it was pre-internet. So it was actually hard to determine. Someone could have gone before you faster. And so I think it's not good to call it, we sometimes say the record, But it's not official. It can't be official unless there's an official timer. Mm. We're not going to call it official. So FKT became part of the lingo all over the world. 
And we started uh, this particular website, fastasknowntime.com, a little over two years ago. Before that, my friend Peter Backwin had managed to keep track of Fastest Known Times on a template for about eight years prior to that. So for about 10 years, we've been semi-official, keeping track of fastest known times throughout the world. Excellent, yeah. Um, I, I didn't realize the website was only for, from two years. I thought it was, yeah, longer for that. And um, how do people, um, like if they want to do a fastest known time, is there specific courses or can you make your own at any time? How, and how do you determine a course? Right. That's a good question. I could, of course, refer everyone to the website where that's described yeah. a little more detail under guidelines, but I'll certainly lay it out here, which is the course either can already exist. We call them roots. Yep. And you could go there and find the roots. Oh, I should look this up. I could do this right while we're on the Zoom podcast and look at the classic roots in Oz. Yeah. I should have done that. Uh, I have been I looking at, at a that. few of them. Yep. Okay, good. Well, yep. you can spring those on me. Yep. But it's really easy to look up the roots at every country and every yes, state, every part of the easy. world. And you can either do one of those. Yep. For example, there's like, what is it called? Uh, Bay to out, I forgot what it is. It's some iconic route in Sydney Harbor. You know, going from okay. the bridge to a lighthouse. There's yeah. things like that. There's stuff down in Tassie. It's all over Australia. Well, the, one, the one in Victoria I was looking at, there's there's a few in Victoria. There's the Goldfields Track one, and there's um, one that somebody just created this year, even. That. So, you know, they're still getting created. Oh, they're definitely still getting created. Mm. <laughs> but half the roots on our website were created in the last six months. Oh, so yeah. yeah, they're definitely getting created. Um, and then you can either do that, or if you want to do something yourself that has personal meaning to you, something that you know about that you think is really good, you can create a route. So we allow for that. So there's a two part process. One, submit a route to submit an FKT. Or you can skip the first part if you're doing it on an existing route. Couple things, all routes are not FKT routes. So you can't run around your block and submit it as an FKT route. You're gonna go, eh, eh, sorry about that. And this is very subjective, Isabel, but it's just like art. You want something that other people are going to want to see that other people care about, are attracted to, are gonna to want to do. And it's not entirely, although it could be very personal, but not entirely just for you. And then of course, in terms of an FKT, well, you gotta go faster than the next person. Yeah. And um, so there's no particular length. Do you have a minimum length for what an FKT should be? Yeah, good question. We didn't used to, but then we started getting in some ones where someone is just fishing to do something, yeah. you put their mark on the wall. Yeah. We had something come in that took six minutes, 11 seconds. And we said, you know, yeah. that's what good Strava's for. for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a strong up segment between two mailboxes. Yeah. And so we, we said it should be at least five miles yeah. or 500 feet of elevation gain. Uh huh, yeah, that's fair enough. And um, so <clears throat> there's also different types of FKTs. You've got supported, unsupported, um, 
you know, a variety. Can you explain the different ones so that people sort of have a greater understanding? Right. So there's sort of two classification aspects. One is, as you mentioned, styles. And there is supported, self-supported, and unsupported. This actually came out of the through-hiker tradition for people who through-hiked the long trails. It really makes a big difference if you're going self-supported, which means nobody is there giving you any aid. But for the multi-day trips, you could hitchhike or go into town and buy food, resupply yourself. You can even stay at a motel, but it's all you. That is self-supported. That's the classic through-hiker style, if you will. Then there is unsupported, where you're not even doing that, where you are starting the track and you take everything that you need to finish the track except water. Yeah. So you can get water on the way, but you're, you're bringing all your food with you from start to finish and nobody's there giving you anything else. Again, natural sources of water. I was going to ask that. Yeah, yeah. Only natural sources. Fair enough. Yep. Right. That can get a little gray, Isabel. And so, for example, if you're going through a campground and there's a water tap, we're going to call that natural because it's available to everybody, right? You know, obviously a stream is, but, you know, if it's a little water tap in a campground, eh, that's everybody. And then the third one, of course, is supported. Uh, support is like a race. And so support, it can range from just race level support where you got a pacer, <laughs> where someone's running with you, someone's muling you, someone's carrying all your gear for you. They're trading off, you know, the, oh, wow. the full on deal to just one, you know, your spouse handing you a bottle of water at the halfway point. Yeah. Those are supported. So that's supported, self-supported and unsupported explained yeah. on the website. But then there's also the gender categories, which is, of course, female, male. We also have team. We have mixed team. We also have, as of, I think, January, non-binary. We thought, yeah, someone suggested that. We said, yeah, if you just don't identify or don't want to identify with male or female for any reason at all, you can just self-identify as non-binary and we say, okay, fine. Yep, 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 that's fair enough. And yeah, then you're just competing against everyone really at the end of the day, or not mm-hmm. competing, but yeah. Um, and um, so with the um, FKTs and, <clears throat> and I get all of that. So how did you, um, so did you do some FKTs first to, to get started on all of that? Or can you tell us a little bit about some of the ones you did? Yeah, that's, that's hazy. I mean, it's... Uh... It just uh, kind of self-generated. And um, yeah. someone asked me this the other day, and I actually don't remember. I mean, we don't promote anything. We don't advertise. We don't say, hey, everyone should do this. We do nothing. I end up talking to lovely people such as yourself, and people are going to hear your podcast. They're going to go to fastestknowntime.com. So that's how the whole thing got going. Yeah, I certainly did plenty myself. Yeah. Um, Peter did. I've never entered one that I've done, actually. So, <laughs> it sounds sort of odd. But uh, if I, okay. I, my background is kind of long. And so if I got into it and started going back there and yep. entering routes and FKTs, I, my list might get a little long. And I feel a little squeamish about having my name <laughs> come up. Oh, so really? I actually, okay. I, just, I don't really do that. Yeah. Yep. 
That's and I'm fair. certainly now I'm not fast enough to do it. So <laughs> mine would all be historical. Yeah. Now you're saying that half of the, the courses on the website have come up in the last six months. Would you say that's the coronavirus effect? Oh, it's blown up. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. I'd say uh, we had tracked the data and we're three and a half times over the submissions from this point last year. Wow. So that particular metric I mentioned, I'd say 50% of the routes on the website probably came up maybe in the last, yeah, certainly the last six months, yeah. maybe even less time than that because we're, we're just crushed, Isabel. We're buried. We can, yeah. the inbox, when I get up in the morning, has certainly 40 messages in it of root and FKT submissions. Okay. And yes, so, we're getting certainly 20 FKT submissions, 20 or 30 a day. Wow, that's a lot. And so, yeah. and so you have to go through all of those and determine whether they're an FKT and lay them on the website? Yep. Although Peter Backwin, what a workhorse. Peter is a PhD in physics. He's retired, so he's doing almost all the data entry. Uh, okay. One person. That's yeah. incredible work. Yeah. So I'm going to mention this right now uh, on the website. It gives the people a chance to donate because we have no fees. It's a free yeah. service. We don't charge for the service. And so we really, really appreciate and feel donations are appropriate. Yeah. We're just providing the service at no charge. Yeah, no, that's, that's really awesome. And um, so, and what countries are you seeing attending to embrace the, um, the concept of FKTs the most? Well, it started growing in North America and then certainly Europe. And then Oz has been pretty good, although it's, I thought there could have been more from there. I'm a little surprised because you're such a sporting nation. Yeah, yeah, sure. I, was, I was surprised that there were so few comparatively as well. Right, me too. Because you guys are crazy sports people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you name the sport, you know, you're really keen on it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but also, there's that many of you. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. You know, it's, yeah. like, it's like the same as Texas, yeah. I think. This population yeah. of Oz is the same as Texas, I oh, think. Wow. <laughs> so, you know, fair enough. And, you know, of course, uh, across the street there, the Kiwis, yeah. they're, they're pretty strong. But this spring, the big bump unquestionably has come from Western Europe. Okay. The Germans and Swedes in particular just went nuts. I'm not, still not sure why this is. You know, part of it has to do with the lockdown, yeah. which is highly variable per country, right? Yeah. Uh, for, example, for example, Yacinda Ahern, the, the Kiwi prime minister, of course, man, she said, hey, we're an island. We can just stop this, yeah. right? Yeah. And so New Zealand did something else entirely um, and really clamped down. France, Italy, Spain, and Andorra really clamped down. They were issuing 1,000 euro fines if you were mm. caught more than two kilometers from your house. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was nuts. I mean, of yeah. course, in the United yeah. States, there would be armed rebellion. So that, that couldn't happen <laughs> No. No. Um, so it's very much varied by country. Sweden, on the other hand, decided just to roll. Sweden yeah. didn't do any lockdown. Mm. And they said, okay, you know, the pandemic's here. The virus is here. It's not going away. There is no yep. cure. There is no vaccine. That's and it. so what are we doing? All we're really doing is hiding. And yeah. so might as well just kind of take the hit. And so they had initially 
higher cases, but you know, it's certainly since leveled off. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, it's just kind of, where do you want to hit the curve? Yes, that's so at any rate, Yeah, that's where it is. So Sweden um, has had a lot of FKT submissions. Oh. Germany, just a ton. Now the UK, and unfortunately, since Google Translate works really well, you know, it just comes in in all these different languages, and yeah. you just go Google of course, Translate. Yeah, that's right, because they'll be they'll be writing to you in their language, won't they? Oh yeah, Indonesia, Thailand, yeah. not many from China, but China it's its own world. You know, yeah. they're behind this firewall, and so you can't speak to China. Actually, yeah. I'm surprised that Japan has not done more. Mm. But Japan just moves as a clump. You know, Japan basically doesn't participate in anything until they all do. You know, they're, they're <laughs> yeah. extremely social. Yes, that's co- very true. Socially cohesive country. Yeah. So if they all do it, then everybody does it. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, Aussie, the Aussies and the Yanks, we're pretty individualistic. Yeah. We're like, screw everybody else. I'm going to do what I want to do. Yeah. Yep, that's that's true. And um, so, what should a if an athlete's thinking, well, you know, there's no races. Um, I'm going to, you know, go out and do an FKT. What sort of things should they keep in mind when when doing an FKT? I think with the and by the way, what you said, Isabel, is totally true. The, you, going back to what you asked a minute ago, yeah, yep. no races. What are you going to do? Yeah. So you're fit or at least you were, you're <laughs> motivated, or at least you were, yeah. and you would like a goal or two. And so an That's FKT right. is an excellent, excellent yeah. alternative. Say, so I'm going to put my mark on the wall. So what should they do? I think it should not be just about the time. While the lack of official races, you know, we can't gather in big groups, yeah. is definitely a good reason to do this, a big motivator, a big upsurge in FKT action. I don't think that's why you should do it. Mm. I think you should do it because you like it. You like the route. You enjoy it. You appreciate it. Okay. It's not about the number. You know, if you're a track runner, it's about the number. (laughs) Definitely. But if you're mutt, you know, mountain ultra trail, you know, you're going to bring a camera just as much as you're going to bring a stopwatch. And I think that's the basis of FKTs. Find something that moves you, that turns you on, that you want to learn about. But you usually can't nab the FKT just by running fast, like you can in a race. The race, you're just going to show up. They're going to say, go that way. And you'll follow these little lines, you know, follow the markers, and you'll be fine. No one's going to do that in FKT. you got to figure it out yourself. That's good. That's what you want. You want to learn about the place that you're going to. You want to be part of nature. You want to learn the geography, the topography, the weather. You want to start at the optimum time of the year, at the Mm. optimum place, at the optimum time of day, with the optimum amount of gear and water. That's good. It's not a problem. That's what you want. In my opinion, we need to integrate more and learn more about our amazing natural surroundings yeah so kind of more of an adventure rather than looking at it as a race that's my opinion and then you know if there's something that's really straightforward you're gonna race it and you want to go hard Mm. but you know you want you need to learn (laughs) yeah yeah 
And um, so how, when, when you say that um, people are sending you all of those um, FKTs in, um, I mean, like, I didn't see that many for Victoria, for instance. So do you actually reject quite a few? Not that many, some, but not that many. Yeah, Victoria, what's up with you folks? Isabel, know, you, need right? to, you need to go throw down here. You need to come <laughs> yeah. up with something. I know, I know. Well, look, um, <clears throat> I had a friend contact me um, a little while ago and she wants to do one in Queensland together, you know, as two females. But, of course, all our borders are shut. I can't get up to Queensland, so. <laughs> oh, the borders <laughs> really are shut. Mm, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, we can't, we, like in Victoria, we can't go, we can't go between states at all. You get wow. fined. Yeah, you get fined if you go wow, between that's, states. that's serious. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. And, and certainly in Melbourne, we're in um, complete lockdown. We're not allowed out of Melbourne. We're not allowed to go to a friend's house. We're not allowed to do anything, so. Wow. Yeah. So such is life. Or, or we get fined. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. And that's why. Oh, uh, that's, that's interesting. That's interesting. Okay. And I find yeah. it interesting that you say the Americans wouldn't um, put up with that. Um, yeah, I find that interesting because um, I've told some of my Canadian friends that we're in lockdown. This is our second lockdown. We went back into lockdown and they say, oh, the Canadians wouldn't put up with that either. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, it's, yeah, this is a different topic, but it's an irritating yes. topic. When it, we should just touch on very briefly. Well, it's related is, to it all. So, yeah. It is related. I yeah. mean, I certainly wear a face mask when I am out. Yeah. Um, if I can't maintain six foot distance and if I'm in an, any indoor public area, I mean, wear a face yeah. mask. Get over it. Come on. Yeah. Step it up. To, to argue that when I think is just sociopathic. Yeah. I don't. So I, I find that quite irritating well, at the same time outdoors you know, the science in that is uh boy if you're outside the chances of contacting this virus are much lower and so what happens is grocery stores are open right yeah. and so i think the trails should be uh open or more so because yeah. it's infinite dispersal yes i mean if you're on the beach what's going to happen here yeah. <laughs> not much is going to happen so i my personal thinking is just like they've been doing in Asia for decades, take care of everybody. Yeah. Even if you don't believe in wearing face masks, you should believe in being polite to the people who do believe in it. Yeah. And to, in America, we have some like people believe in their personal freedoms and their rights. It's like, Oh, get over it. You know, it's, it's I just, yeah. I got very little patience for that. And so I feel that being polite to everyone, working together as a country and a nation and a society, wearing face masks, particularly indoors, is all very good. And outdoors, I think, is relatively safe. Yeah. Uh, as long as you're not in a big group. I mean, the New York City Marathon got canceled for a reason, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to happen. It can't happen. And bring us back to topic, those type of races aren't going to happen for a long time. No, right? exactly. I mean, yeah. Bay, what's it called? Something Bondi, Beach to Bondi, oh, Bay yeah, to Bondi. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, yeah. City, not City, to, is it City to Surf? Something like that. Yeah. City to Surf. Uh, yeah. well, it's like 30,000 people. Yeah. You know, mm, that's, don't think, that's not, <laughs> that's not going to happen for a while. And so look on fastestknowntime.com, see what yeah. you want to do, make your mark. Yeah. And that's it. And you'll be out 
out in the in the forest and um, certainly well away from anybody else, especially if you're doing it unsupported. So right, yeah. And so, is there anything else that you think um, we should know about FKTs? Or because yeah, there's not a lot. I probably I don't know a lot about the FKT. So maybe you can tell us something more I may have missed. Well, I think it's it's fascinating. So if you go to the website. Uh, there's different sections right there. There's uh, latest FKTs where you just look around yeah. the world, just click on stuff because unlike uh, races, there's always a description. There's always a report of what someone did and there's often photos. And so you mm. have lovely reports of what people did, how they felt about it, interesting things, photos and so forth. And it, be, it can become quite fascinating about the variety and it, boy, I guess that's a good question. I guess I should have studied up so I could have answered this better <laughs> in terms of examples. So the only thing that comes to my mind is someone did something in a Crater Bed National Monument in California where up he went through seven different lava tube caves. Oh, wow. These are all legally open trails. Uh, linking these seven lava tube caves. So he was underground for a total of one mile <laughs> over the length wow. of the route, linking these caves. Is that, wow, that's, that, you're not going to hold a race on that, right? No, yeah. But no. That, that's a good one. That's a good one. So at least I'm not sure about Oz, but in the States, there is no such thing as a race in a national park. Forget it. Yeah. Can't yeah. do it. No. And of course, so you're talking about Yosemite Valley, Rocky Mountain National Park. You're talking yeah. about some of those famous landscapes in this country and the National Park Service will never permit a race of, you know, 10 people in these places, but you can do FKTs in these people. And so in our country, we have FKTs in Yosemite Valley, going up summits you know, through the canyons, out in Zion National Park, where you're going through canyons. Yeah. You have some interesting stuff and then it goes to the Eastern Seaboard or you have um, just trails through the woods. And then it goes to Germany and Australia. Like I was processing roots, uh, Isabel, and something come in, it was like, Dervinal Sitchel Hagen das Dervitskiewicz. And I went, <laughs> what is this? This is bogus. And so you click on it, and it turns out this is a named route. It has ah. a start and a stop. It's got the signpost. Here's the color of the trail markings. So the Germans are super organized. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. it's like wow, we, we we're just putzing around compared with them. <laughs> Things that just look totally improbable are yeah. these trails that they've marked out in exact detail, and then of course the ones coming from Italy tend to go to the top of mountains. They just of like course, that. Yeah. You'll start in some you know gorgeous ski area, this little mountain town, and go eh, crank up the top of some beautiful glaciated summit and. Eh, crank back yeah. down and then in the uk isabel they have they're, they're called ways yes you know you right. call trails tracks obviously yeah. it's a, in new zealand and australia you don't do trails you do tracks when the uk the old ones are called ways and it's like way what is what is a way and so you look on it and you know people have been doing it, it's a way route for 300 years <laughs> you know and it goes to be it's, you know the, the, the directions are start at the pub <laughs> and then it might go through a few different towns and then it'll end at another pub 
you know, a hundred kilometers later. It's like, wow, these, these are good. So I'm sorry. It's just a variety is what interests me. Yeah, There's stuff yeah. where it's beach where you just literally run along a beach. Oh, I couldn't think of anything worse. <laughs> <laughs> right. So each to its own. So that's the yeah. beauty of it, right? The beauty of it is the variety. And that's what I want to leave your listeners with. It's find your own meaning. Find what's meaningful to you, what turns you on and inspires you. Mm. And I like it <clears throat> that you call it a, a project. So it's like, like with a, with a race, you don't have to think about the course. Like you said, you just go out and it's marked and whatever. But with this, you really have to plan things and think about things. And, and I think often with many activities, the preparation is, is part of the fun. Uh, well, right. So if people don't like preparation, you probably won't like this. No. <laughs> but like you just said, I think it's part of it. And it's not just the gear. It's as I mentioned earlier, it's learning about your natural surroundings. What's mm. the weather like? You probably ought to look that up before you go. Yeah. <laughs> right. You don't want to go during a bushfire. Mm. Uh, you don't want to go during a drought. You'll want to know, go during a monsoon. So figure it out, learn the area, learn the best time to do it. And then lastly, charge your watch battery. <laughs> yeah. Good point. Yeah. We, yeah. we get that one a lot. You know, someone says, an hour from the end, my watch died. It's like, hmm, well, sorry about count. that. So you have, to have, you have to have a full GPX of the course for it to count. We didn't used to. Yeah. So we, this is rapidly evolved. And we started doing this. GPX was rare. Yeah. It was quite uncommon. And then, of course, Strava came along. By the way, I have a, a, my last podcast interview was with a person who works at Strava. Oh, okay. And she was she was the very first run employee at Strava. And so she gave us the inside scoop. And so if anyone wants to listen to that, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, and Strava changed the game. Yeah. Now everybody's doing that. Unless you're wearing your Garmin watch, it's like, you know, you're a Neanderthal. So <laughs> yeah, so now verification and documentation is simple yeah. and it's to be expected to be done. Yep. How did you used to ver verify them without <clears throat> garments? That's a good question. And interestingly enough, it used to be kind of gentleman's agreement. Yeah. There's so few people doing it that you knew people and to have the respect of your peers was paramount yeah. to cheat would just be ridiculous because yeah. you would be shamed by your peers. Yeah. That would be just the worst thing that could happen. And so you would announce in advance and you would document it with a written trip report, possibly photos, and you would write it down. Because sometimes people would send us something said, I did this two years ago. And it's like, well, wow, that's kind of tough one, Bob, because memory's not that good after yeah. two years. Yeah. We actually would get into it on that level. And nowadays we don't get into it on that level at all. There's just no reason to do that. And then, of course, as you know, <coughs> professional runners are doing it. Yeah. Right. I mean, just the top runners yes. in your country, in our country, in every continent, yeah. the best mountain ultra runner in the world of his generation, Killian Jornet, a number of years ago said he just wants to do FKTs. Uh, yeah. He doesn't want to race. Racing for him is like, eh, it's boring. You yeah, well, he's I mean? done it all, won it all, hasn't he? <laughs> right. And with his level of, with his skill level, yeah. why do that? Because he can navigate, right? He can, yeah. he understands weather, topography, technical terrain. 
you know, he, so he wants to create his own route, his own project. And so he just wanted to do FKTs and, and in various countries of the world, I think your top runners said, gee, why not just create something and use my skill set? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and that's it. Everyone has a different skill set and, and find a course that suits yours and create an, an FKT. Yep. I think so. Sounds like fun and, and gives us something during this, this time that we can, you know, use our fitness for and have a reason to stay fit as well so that we can do these sorts of things. Right. Right. You have, you're going to go bonkers otherwise. Yeah. And there's uh, someone who supposedly ran a marathon in a parking garage in France. Oh, I couldn't think like, of anything worse. Mm, <laughs> that'd be, that wouldn't be me. No, no. <laughs> There's been a lot of that, and, and I understand people want to do something different, but, yeah, that wouldn't be me either. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And um, so just tell the, everyone the website again and, um, and how they can get in contact. Fastestknowntime.com. It's all there. It is. It's, it's a great website. And, and I love it how you can look at the world map and see all, where all the FKTs are and just click on what you want to have a look at. It's, it's really interesting. Definitely. You can also just under roots, you could just yeah. click on the top menu bar roots and under root name, leave it blank. Instead, type in Australia, yeah. click apply, and then everything in just Australia will come up. So yeah. leave the root name blank type in the name of the country, click apply, and there you get just everything in that country. That's right. And then from there, you can also go state by state. So, so which, is, which is brilliant. So it's very interesting. And um, we really appreciate um, you having that website. And like you said, donate. Please donate to keep it Thank going. you, Isabel. Appreciate yeah. that. All right. Well, thanks so much for your time. And um, I hope uh, you'll soon be getting lots of Australian FKT um, submissions. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a great country. What a great sporting country. Yeah. And yeah. The, I've done a race in Australia. Never did the six foot track, which I kind of wanted to do. Yeah. But uh, the running down there, I've, I've you know, hiked the South Coast track down in Tassie. Oh, nice. Yeah. And the Freshenay Peninsula down there. And tons of Royal uh, National Park up uh, south of Sydney, et cetera, et cetera, and Blue Hills. So Aussie's great. Actually, I've been to Uluru. I climbed oh, nice. the rock before they closed it. So you, you got stuff there for sure. Yeah, we do. We do. And I think, I think Australians need to, yeah, get on it more. So hopefully <laughs> this will give them a bit of a, bit of a, a prod in the right direction. <laughs> All right. Good talking with you, Isabel. All right. Thanks very much. I find it really interesting how Buzz see FKTs as an adventure. And I don't know about you, but I need some adventure in my life at the moment. I think it is a whole new way of looking at running and it's certainly a great way to have a focus for when you're not racing, which regardless of COVID is something to focus on as well. You don't always have to race. If you haven't already, get onto my YouTube channel to check out the video of this podcast. The link will be in the show notes. In next week's episode, I chat with the amazing Megan Laws, knee arbogast. I've always been in awe of Megan as she seems to remain at the pointy end of the field throughout the years. In this uh, podcast, I ask her how she manages this and the answer will surprise you and is a lesson for us all. I'm sure you'll love that podcast too. I sure loved chatting with her. 
With so many restrictions in place, it's more important than ever to have a structured plan to ensure you maximise your training. Races will eventually return, but in the meantime, there are many other challenges you can find like planning an FKT. If you need an individualised plan, email me, Isabel, at peakendurancecoaching.com.au to chat about a training plan. Have a great week of training, stay safe and well, and remember with a little kindness, grace and empathy, we will get through this together and come out stronger and more resilient on the other side.